Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here by my co-hosts, Ben Schmidt and Colin Hansel. <clears throat> Sorry, feeling a little, little, little cold, so bear with me here. Um, Aren't we all? It's, it's, yep, it's yeah. cold season. Exactly. Um, in today's episode, we are going to actually talk a lot about fantasy football, more specifically our big fantasy football league. Uh, I think we mentioned it in the past, but we're going to try and have a lot of guys from our fantasy football league um, on this podcast. We're going to be talking shit. You know how it is. It's fantasy football. Everyone loves fantasy football, except Colin, uh, apparently. But uh, we're also going to get into the games this week, and I think that'll be it. Um, before I get into the power rankings, I do want a quick shout-out our pigskin pick'em league. Um, there's currently a first place tie. I checked earlier this morning. There's a first place tie. Two players had nine wins. I think they went nine for eight. I think that number nine for seven. Nine and seven. Um, and the two people were our very own co-host Colin Hansel and big friend of the program Ryan Blanco. Both went nine. And I seven. was not even aware that I went nine and seven. I thought yes. I was eight. I know I went under five hundred. I can I can tell you that. Yeah, I think me and Ben both. I'm gonna double check right now. Um, I think me and Ben both went seven and nine. You yeah, went nine and seven. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew I was in that range. So not a great week, but there were also some upsets. Um, I I had, I was I was pretty confident in the Titans. Obviously, that didn't work well. I was very confident in the Bills, which we'll get to later. Oh, yeah. A couple other matchups. So, not not I the did. best week, but it's also week one. I think yeah. I did pick a Steelers cover. So I think you did, too. Yeah. Um, one that – I also think I picked an Eagles cover, which is good. Uh, the Vikings definitely threw me off. And the Titans was the other big one that you mentioned. That one yeah. – I think I I'm I don't remember. I think I picked Titans to cover because there's only like a three point spread. I thought they were gonna win that game. And they lost by 25. Yeah. So we'll get to the games in a little bit. Um for people that know about the power power rankings, honestly, just started as a joke um a couple of years ago. And now they've just came into this weekly thing where I myself uh put out the power rankings for our fantasy football league. So the 12-man league, we'll get started. I'll start at number 12. Number 12, I rank Ali. And remember, my power rankings are based on uh, one being who I think is going to – is if this season was to end, would win the championship, and 12 is the least likely. So let's go to Ali. Ali did win week one. Um, just barely. I mean, he was the second lowest scorer, so there was only one person he could have beat, and he just so happened to match up against him. Um, but looking at his roster, Justin Herbert, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, pretty good. Um, but I'm not – I just the wide receivers of Robert Woods, A.J. Brown, Dylan – or D.J. Moore, excuse me, Logan Thomas. The roster's solid, don't get me wrong. He's got a thin bench. I'm not in love with the roster. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what your guys' opinion is on Ali, but I, I, I just don't think, like 
Joe Mixon's going to sustain 25 points a week. Right. And uh, Derrick Henry didn't even look good in week one. I'm not going to lie. Well, I have I'm my not own, worried about Derrick Henry because when they're yeah. not trailing by 20, that he will be one of the best fantasy running backs in the league. It's just they got behind so early. It was the same thing that happened to them when they played the Browns last year. So it's going to happen a couple times a year where he just puts up complete duds. But uh, when it's when they're in the game, he has a huge value. But Robert Woods, wide receiver one, that's rough. It is. It is. DJ Moore, I mean, DJ Moore is technically the wide receiver one for Carolina, but a lot of times he's not. Yeah. And then Julio only had like 29 he yards. traded Julio. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. He has A.J. Brown. Can we go over that trade? What was that trade? I don't know. Okay, so we got AJ Brown and Logan Thomas. And he gave Michael my okay, yeah. Michael Thomas, Julio, and Latavius. It's I'm a sorry. interesting. I don't like that trade for John. I don't think any of us yeah. do. I don't I, I just why? don't like that trade in general. I why think it's just John a ugly trade. That? Why excuse me, why would you trade have a trade for Julio for AJ Brown? I honestly think they're gonna put up similar numbers. I think AJ Brown's going to put up much better sure. numbers than Julio. If they both stay healthy, if they stay, I I'm still a big Julio believer. I just think if Julio pl- it plays a full season, right next to AJ Brown, I think they're going to put up similar numbers. I really do, and fantasy that is. All right, let's get to my number eleven. Number eleven is Hayden, the only guy who did not put up a hundred points in week one. Um. Lost to Ali, of course. Um, Ryan Tannehill, David Montgomery, Javante Williams, uh, not great. The wide receivers are great. Javante Adams, Stefan Diggs, I think they'll be better um, than what they did in week one. Um, but Mark Andrews, uh, Laviscus Chenault Jr., definitely didn't say that right at his flex. <laughs> I don't know much about him, just not a fan. Um, Mark Andrews, it's tough to tell. Um, the way the Ravens played last night, I'm not too uh, high on them. Um, I mean, the, the good news with his team is I see a lot of guys that I think are going to regress to the mean. Uh, the first, obviously, being Devontae Adams. He put up yeah. – I mean, he was my best player last year. He's oh, fun yeah. to have. He's, he should be putting up 20-plus weekly from now on. Andrews should get more than 20 yards a game considering their receiving core isn't very strong and they're going to be throwing more than they want to now. And I mean, that Washington defense should be getting more than one point from this point on. That should be one of the top fantasy defenses. Agreed. At number 10, I have Matt Schultz. Uh, his quarterback is Matt Stafford, Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris. Pretty good, I think, especially from what we saw Sunday night with Stafford. I think Stafford's going to have a really good year. Barkley, if he's, you know, if he gets healthy, I think will be solid. Najee Harris did not play great against Buffalo. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that in that game. Um, but his wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, um, I, I know Cooper had a great first game, but I just don't see him putting up those numbers all year long. Uh, George Kittle, um, I mean, he'll, he's going to have games where he puts up like three touchdowns and, you know, 
eight catches, but he's going to have some games like last week where he didn't – it wasn't great. What he, he had four catches for 78 yards. So and he needs oh, a just under flex. 10. Huh? He needs a new flex. Jerry Judy's going to be out. Yeah, exactly. He's got Will Fuller in there right now. Um, it's going to be – it's it's tough. I, I don't love his roster. Um, we'll see. At number nine, I have Mason Kettlestrings. Um, Mason, I have him up a little higher than I did last week, mostly because uh, Russell Wilson plays really good to begin the year, and I think that can win him a couple games. Um, Jonathan Taylor, honestly, I ranked him a lot lower because I didn't think DeAndre Swift was going to play. Uh, I thought he was going to miss a couple games with all the rumors of the uh, self-defense murder that we all heard and saw about. <laughs> that was a little interesting. Um, Kronk had a great first game. I don't know if he'll be able to put that up, you know, week after week. Um, but DK and Mike Williams, I expect to have big years. He's also got Antonio Brown hiding on his bench. So I think that can be a, you know, a big play, big factor throughout the year. I don't hate Mason's roster. I don't hate it. I think it's got upside. What I don't like is the fact that AB kind of looks like a guy you want to start now. Um, yeah. And in that scenario, he would have three Buccaneers wide out starting. Uh, kind of why I had him low, especially never like in this thing. roster. It yeah, is not, no. Never a good thing. At number eight, I put myself. Um, not great. I was really banking on Gus Edwards being the solution for my wide receiver or running back two problem. And it looked to be up until about like, what was it? Four days before the season started rough. I had to make a late trade Robbie Anderson for uh, Damian Harris. Damian Harris was good. Not great, but he played a good defense. Um, I myself did not have a good week, but I had some players that had some good games. Debo, Darren Waller, and Cooper Cup, all great games for me. But if you look at, you know, uh, I think it was some of my highest picks, Ezekiel Elliott, Allen Robinson, and Aaron Rodgers, all three of them combined for less than 17 points. Do I think that's going to happen every week? I sure hope not. Um, but you never know. I, I, I like my receivers. If there's one thing, it's, if there's one thing guaranteed in life, or if there's things guaranteed in life, I can't talk. I'm sorry. Is death taxes and me finding great wide receivers for fantasy football. I think that's fair. Um, we'll, I see have, long, I, we'll see how long Curtis Samuel is on the IR for you, though. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Debo, I'm really high on Debo. If you just listen to the audio of Sunday Night Football, Cooper Cup sounds like he has the potential to be wide receiver number one the, with his connection with Stafford, honestly. And I, and think, then, uh, I think for you, Zeke is going to be much better – just the way that game was unfolding on Thursday night, it became so pass heavy that he only had 11 carries. I know he was really inefficient with those 11 carries, but yeah. an, an RB1 like he is should be getting close to, to around 20. Like even Dalvin for the Vikings last week, he was only averaging three a carry, yet he still got 20 carries and was used out right. of the backfield. So I, 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 I don't think people should sell low on him. I think he'll have a much better week two and beyond. And obviously same with the Rodgers, especially he's playing Detroit next week. Yeah, and if you look at my matchups, I had a tough week against just good defenses. Like Aaron Rodgers played the Saints, good defense. Zeke played the Bucks, good defense. 
Damian Harris played the Dolphins, good defense. Allen Robinson went up against Jalen Ramsey, you know, the best corner in football. A lot of rough matchups for me. Um, I expect to bounce back this week. Um, me personally, at number seven, I put DJ. DJ's actually new to our fantasy football league, and I, I, I really like his team. Kyler Murray, uh, I guess your week one MVP, uh, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, he was very banged up yesterday, um, but he's still able to score two touchdowns. The wide receivers, I, I honest to God, I think he has the worst wide receivers in fantasy football with Calvin Ridley, Brandon Cooks, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, not great, but, I mean, when you have Travis Kelsey, I think that'll bail you out of a couple of games. I don't – I don't. It, there, there's definitely holes in this roster, but I, I think Kyler, Kelsey, James Robinson are very good for DJ. Brandon Cooks is looking like a nice asset, though. Yes, I agree. Especially was, if Tyrod is healthy and stays right. and plays the whole year. It was only week one. Um, also, let me – yeah. Uh, someone tell DJ he needs to drop someone off his bench because he's got too many guys on his bench. He always does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at number six, I have John. Uh, John won this week. Um I mean, a pretty good roster. Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, Gaskin, McLaurin, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, Jamar Chase. I think shocked a lot of people week one. Um, and then on his bench, he's got Mike Thomas, you know, kind of lurking there. So when does he get back? Like five, week five, week six, something like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, I, I, I really like this roster. I think at the preseason, I actually had him like number one. So it'll be very interesting to see can play up to that um at number five i put connor connor lost even though he was the third highest scorer he lost to who did he lose to again me mr benjamin schmidt mr benjamin schmidt uh jalen hurts a lot better than i anticipated um i I didn't expect much from jalen hurts but they whooped up on the falcons um aaron jones antonio gibson very good running backs, Thielen, Godwin, Debron, Marvin Jones. He's got Kareem Hunt, Daryl Henderson sitting on the bench there. I, I, I like his roster. I think he's going to – I think he'll make the playoffs. If Thielen's really a touchdown machine like he was last year, he's in really good shape. Yep. At number four, I put Alex Simonak, friend of the podcast. Uh, Alex, Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott's going to have a – really good year i don't know if the cowboys are going to win a ton of games this year but if they played like they did on thursday night i think the cowboys can win that division um you know dalvin cook chase edmonds uh justin jefferson cd lamb robbie anderson a lot of young guys uh a guy on his bench brandon that you he got didn't he get zero points he got he got nothing yeah. but he was dealing with an injury too yeah, that's fair, but I, I expect big things out of IU this year. I think IU could be end up being a flex for him down the road. Um, I do I, – I, I really like the 49ers receivers. I think Garoppolo is going to throw the ball a lot when he's in because we saw we – saw, we actually saw it throughout the league where a lot of teams were putting in, like, their backup quarterback for, you know, kind of misdirection plays. We saw it with the Bears. We saw it with the Niners. saw it with a couple other teams. Um, but I think Garoppolo's going to try and sling it this year. And if, you know, Kittle, Debo, IU can stay healthy, I think they're going to put up a lot of fantasy points. Top three. 
Are you boys ready? Because I still have not called your two names. I'm excited. Number three, I put Ben Schmidt. And the only reason I didn't I didn't put you at one was because Raheem Moster, as of like a couple minutes ago, he's had a was it a season ending injury? Yeah, he's out for the year. I mean, I got I'm I have Claypool who I didn't start, so I'm not too worried about that. Claypool is going to move into flex. I have Melvin Gordon on the bench as well if I wanted to start him. So, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about my flex spot right now. No, definitely not. Uh, for me, I mean, Mahomes, Chubb, Sanders, Hill, Higgins, Fant, Claypool. I mean, those are guys that can easily win you a championship in the 12-man league. Um, for me, honestly, it's just if Chubb or Sanders can stay healthy. I know they've had injury problems in the past, and losing a guy like Mostert, definitely hurt your depth in that kind of situation um so if they could stay healthy i think you are set for a great year and number two i put colin okay brady camara clyde keenan deontay johnson uh is hawkinson what a great week Devonte smith and on the bench you got guys like Ruggs, beasley rondell moore i i, I love the roster especially if Brady can limit the turnovers and, you know, the Saints keep running the ball like they did a lot. Um, Keenan Allen and Hawkinson, I think, are both set for very big years. Deontay Johnson looked great in week one. Um, you could be, what, would it be three in a row for you? Uh, no, I didn't win the year before, I don't think. Three and four years? Uh, yeah, I think that's Three it. and four years. Uh, Three and four years. If Hawkinson and what's his name, Devontae Smith, can both have big seasons, I think I can. I loved what I saw out of Devontae Smith. I need him to be like a consistent flex for me, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Because I lost Dobbins for the year. Yeah. I did have Dobbins. That was big. That was big. Um, And my number one spot. The guy who had it number one last week, the guy I roster I love the most is Nick Martinez. Now, quarterback Lamar Jackson, we did see him have some fumbling problems, but I think I think the Ravens not having, but as of right now, a clear cut running back one on the roster is gonna help him in the running game because I think he's gonna eventually get more carries and he may even throw the ball a little more because of it so i think lamar is set for a big fantasy year that is eckler and chris carson uh i know the seahawks want to run the ball carson eckler everyone knows eckler is going to be a good fantasy running back he can stay healthy i mean d hop and Lockett. i mean that's what screwed me i played nick uh they both had two touchdowns uh Corey davis also had two touchdowns at his flex he's got guys like Ter- or uh, tyler boyd He's got Trey Sermon on his bench, especially with the uh, injury to uh, Raheem Mostert. I think Trey Sermon uh, is a valuable guy on the bench and a guy that I think this podcast loves, uh, Rashard Bate. Whenever he gets back, I think he's going to be really good. Yes. Yeah, so I, I wanted Nick Bateman at just, the end of the draft. I think Nick's got the most – oh, yeah. I think Nick's got the most complete roster. So I'll run through it one last time. Ali 12, Hayden 11, Matt 10. Mason nine, DPA DJ seven, John six, Connor five, Alex four, Ben three, Colin two, and Nick one. All righty. Your guys' thoughts. 
I mean, I think it's really hard to, to tell after one week what everyone's team is going to look like. So I there's not a whole problem with that. I probably would have swapped Ali up to like 10 because he did win even with some guys underperforming like Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, that's about that's about all I have to say. I like my chances a lot just because I have the best quarterback in, in Patrick Mahomes. At least I think it'd be the best quarterback. So like going into the three o'clock games, I was projected to lose to Connor by like 25 points. And then just having Mahomes and Tyree kill carried me to a win and the highest scoring team in the league. So I like my yeah. chances just because you never know, but I could be sitting there at the end of the year with quarterback one and wide receiver one, not to mention Nick Chubb, but I think three is the right spot. Cause like you said, I don't have a flex, or I don't have a, I don't have a great flex. And I'm also currently depending on Noah Fant to play a full healthy season. Yeah. It'll be very interesting. I have my own opinions on Derrick Henry. I'll talk about Derrick Henry when we get to the Titans game. But I think we're going to go right now into our NFL kind of recap of week one. Does that sound good? Yep. Uh, so let's start with Thursday night. Thursday night football, Cowboys, Bucks. Um, Bucks win. I'm pulling up the score right now so I don't mess it up. 31-29. Uh, great game to start the year. I mean, truly was a great game. Dak, I mean, there, there was a lot of throwing in this game. Um, Dak threw 58 passes, Brady threw 50. That's got to be some sort of like week one record. 108, 108 passes. That's, that's insane. Uh, Dak threw for over 400. Brady threw for just about 380. Um, not a lot of running the football, but I mean, Antonio Brown, Amari Cooper had great games. What's your guys' thoughts? Terrific start, a combined 112 rushing yards. And you knew this game, and it did, but you knew this game was going to break um, opening night records as far as TV ratings go, just because you have Tom Brady and the defending champs against the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. And Dak has also become, you know, a superstar. He's the market – I'm sorry. The NFL has done a great job marketing him. And his first game back from injury, I was very impressed. He did have 58 passing attempts, but he looked sharp. He made some good throws, and he completed 42 passes. So I see it as a big plus. And I like my prediction of the Cowboys winning the division even better after that performance. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as Colin. I'm not going to talk about this game a whole lot because by the time this is up, it'll have been almost a week and no one really cares anymore. But uh, I still think Cowboys win this division. Their offense looks great, and they're not going to play an offense as good as the Buccaneers every week. Same with Brady. Offense looks great. Brady right now and the Buccaneers have the inside track to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And that's even with they really didn't have a running game on Thursday, and they didn't use Mike Evans. So I, I the Buccaneers are really good, and I think the Cowboys won the NFC. Those are my two takeaways. Yeah, to keep it real brief, the Cowboys' defense played Pretty good. I know they let up a bunch of yards, but everyone was kind of hyping this game up. Their secondary is atrocious. Their secondary is very bad, but they were able to get pressure on Brady, you know, at spots throughout the night. Um, But I just like last year, I forget the stat that they pulled up in the game, but the Cowboys defense last year was very turnover dependent. And uh, they they still got a couple takeaways in that game. I think they got a fumble. I think they got a couple picks or something like that, something more around there. Fumble um, and two picks. If it, fumble and two picks. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Um, if they can keep 
you know, forcing the turnover of the ball, giving Dak and Zeke, if they stay healthy throughout the year, uh, I picked the Giants in the NFC East, but I could be very wrong. The Cowboys could end up uh, winning this division. Um, let's move into the Sunday game. We'll start with the one o'clock games and then just move down. The first game we're going to talk about is Eagles Falcons, just because there isn't a lot to talk about. Um, the Eagles, I mean, it was a matchup of two, uh, head coaches coaching for the first time. Um, the guy I was not big on, of course, decides to blow out the guy I was big on. Um, so kudos to me for jinxing that. But yeah. Jalen Hurts played a phenomenal game. Yeah, I'm a big Arthur Arthur Smith fan as well. I love that hire. I honestly thought some people were as, as weird as it sounds. I saw some people going into the weekend who was like, I like this Atlanta offense. It's a team that could be competitive and go for eight or nine wins. And I never really saw that. That roster has so many holes. And that was put on display by a Philly team that also has a ton of holes. And Nick Sirianni clearly outcoached Arthur Smith. It was a great coaching debut. It, it was a great job putting Jalen Hurts in situation to succeed. Uh, I wish they, fantasy purposes, didn't hand off to, I believe, like a backup wide receiver for, for a rushing touchdown over, over Miles Sanders at one point in the game. But uh, Jalen Hurts, right. I think, is going to rack up a lot of touchdowns this year, especially because they're going to be probably in a lot of shootouts when they play teams better in Atlanta. So super athletic, and, and, and I, I – I when I was seeing all the the rumors all off season, I I didn't love that they weren't even really going to give Hertz a full chance. And I know it's just Atlanta, but I think we're seeing where we saw why we should give this guy sixteen games and then make a decision because he is he, he's very talented. It's just can he put it all together? And he did at yeah. least for one game on on Sunday. Ever since Jalen Hurts has replaced Carson Wentz last year. He has been a spark plug for this Eagles team, and we've seen a different product on the field. They now have Miles Sanders back as well. Um, they have a healthy Jalen Rager, and they have Devontae Smith, who looked really good. He picked up where he left off last year from his Heisman campaign, and he got his first career touchdown, had a really nice game. Um, and Jalen Hurts looked fantastic. He had 264 yards, um, three touchdowns through the air, he was really effective on the ground as well, and I love what I saw from him. This game did surprise me, especially because their defense was able to hold Matt Ryan to only 162 passing yards, which is very crazy. I, I wonder when the last time he had that little was. And, I mean, I watched a decent amount of it. They were getting pressure early and often, and that's not something we've seen from a Philly defense in quite some time. Yep. No, I, I yep. agree. I was, I was surprised by the, by their defensive performance, but obviously I think it could be a different story when they face an offense like the Cowboys or, or some of the other better offense. I didn't see NFC. much of this game. I didn't see much of this game. I was watching red zone all day. Um, but I, the Cowboys, did they even was, was Russell Gage even playing? He did. Yeah. He had two targets and no catches. Yeah. So I, I, I think they need Russell Gage more involved because I think what helped the Falcons offense the last couple of years was because, all right, Julio's the clear-cut, obvious one, but they have a guy like Calvin Ridley at the wide receiver two. Ridley had played great the last couple of years, even being the wide receiver two in that offense. 
I think Russell Gage now stepping up being the wide receiver too. Even with Kyle Pitts being there, Kyle Pitts didn't do, you know, great. I think it was like, what, four catches for like 50-some yards. Not well, don't quite. forget, they have uh, a second tight end in Hayden Hurston as well that they want to get involved. So he's in a oh, target yeah. share, at least to start the year, he's in a target share. But I, I do like Russell Gage. I think Russell Gage needs to get involved in this offense a little more. My last note is that that Matt Ryan being dead picture on the internet is absolutely hilarious. Face down on the ground, just lying in the turf, that picture. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious picture. Um, all right. Failed to generate memes. Oh, dude, they're, they're, they're the most memeable team ever, potentially. Most memeable franchise. Um, let's get into the next game. Steelers and Bills. Let's just get it out of the way. Um, Buffalo's bad offensive line. I've been saying it for years. Um, Buffalo has not had a good offensive line, and in this game, it got exposed. Um, Josh Allen. I mean, thirty through fifty-one isn't terrible. Um, you'd like to see uh, a higher completion percentage, but there's pressure all day. Um, the, the Steelers weren't even blitzing that much. It was just one, two, and you know, TJ Watts loose. Um, a couple turnovers. Um, I will say this, the Steelers' offense didn't look great either. They only had one offensive touchdown, a couple field goals. The block punt was essentially the play that won them the game. That touchdown kind of shifted the momentum. Um, but the one other thing I wanted to talk about was Najee Harris. Um, he just did not have a good game. No, he couldn't get no. it. It was, it was tough for him in game one, but the bright side is, is he got every carry for any running back in Pittsburgh, which tells me in the future with, with the volume that he had, even in a not impressive performance, he's going to put up big numbers, especially if we were talking about fantasy earlier. I still think he's going to have a great season. I don't think Buffalo's, Buffalo's run defense isn't the best, but it's not terrible. And the fact that Pittsburgh really wasn't able to get anything going through the air didn't help Najee Harris because they could just sell out on the run. So I think in the future, when we see the Steelers have games where they're able to stretch the field a little bit more, then in, in turn, we will also see uh, better games out of Najee Harris. But the fact that he wasn't splitting any sort of time still is, is, is a, is a huge sign for me. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and then, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't think this, I mean, this doesn't change how I see the Buffalo bills. Yeah, um, I still think they're the favorites in that division. I still think they're Super Bowl contenders. And it doesn't change much how I look at Pittsburgh. I mean, we know that they were still strong defensively. I still see them as maybe like a nine-win team trying to fight in for a wild-card spot. And you're right, they couldn't get anything going on the ground. Their receivers, they still do have some dangerous receivers. I still think Juju has something. Claypool had a couple really nice grabs, and Deontay Johnson was probably their best uh, receiver all of last year. So, I mean, if Big Ben can stay healthy and he's not what he was, what do we even call him now? Is he Big Ben? Is he like a he's little still, He's still Big Ben. He's just old and, yeah, he's, he's, he's still just, Big Ben now. But he eats – he's, he's just there. He, he eats vegetables now. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, Less of the Western Virginia Mountain Man mascot. Yes. 
ugly win. They won the second half 23 to six, which is very impressive in, in Buffalo. Yes. Uh, ultimate Ben don't break defense came through. Uh, the bills were actually better than them on third down. They just, and they had a lot more yards. They really won the box score, but they had a couple more crucial penalties and the Steelers special teams is great. Yeah, the one other thing I, I forgot to mention is that I was high on Buffalo's defense this year. I thought they were going to have a big bounce back here, and they played pretty good, um, I, except for the couple highlight plays with uh, Claypool and uh, Deontay Johnson mossing the shit out of Trey White. Um, but I think outside of that, I think – I know Poyer got a sack. I know uh, – you know, outside of those two moss, I think Trey White still played a pretty solid game. Gregory Rosu, he got a couple uh, QB pressures. I don't know if he got a sack. Once again, I was watching Red Zone, and this game wasn't on Red Zone that often. Um, so I can't speak too much about it. Um, but I, the little I saw from Buffalo's defense, I liked. They had a couple goal line stands that forced Pittsburgh to take some field goals. Uh, I like the defense heading forward. I guess another positive for Buffalo is um, Zach Moss didn't play, but Singletary yeah. didn't look bad. He broke off a couple nice runs. Oh, yeah. So hopefully he can keep that up. I've been saying even though the offensive line isn't that great and this is obviously a pass-first offense, you, you still got to try and run the ball more. I want to see I want to see anywhere from 15 to t- – or not even – 18 to 20 rushes a game that isn't from that isn't including Josh Allen. I want to see whether it's yeah. you know an Isaiah McKenzie, whether it's a Singletary or Moss. I want to see them try like, and run the ball like 20 times a game. Yeah, I I like that point, and I also agree that like you said, it doesn't just have to be one back. Although there are offenses all across the league where it's dependent on one feature back when you're not a run-dominant team like Buffalo, why not mix it up? Use Singletary, use Moss, use McKenzie. Get get different looks, get different types of backs in there, and at least add even a, an ounce of balance to your offense. Right. Um, also, they almost had a kick return to start the season. That got my juices pumping. Um, let's move into the next game. Uh, I don't know if Ben's ready for it, but Bengals-Vikings. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? Joe Burrow looked really good in this game, even though they limited him a little bit in the fourth quarter because he was taking a little bit of a beating. The Vikings had five sacks in that game, and a bunch of them came in fourth quarter in overtime. But uh, I, I think they limited him in the fourth quarter, which is which is part of why he, he didn't even have an even better stat line. So I, I think he looks fantastic. Jamar Chase silenced the doubters with, with his performance because he was getting hate all preseason long. But uh, – I think the story was here. It was, it was very sloppy for Minnesota, or at least for, for the first half. They had a ton of penalties. They had, I believe, three false starts on the first drive of the game. So if you're Kirk Cousins and you're being backed up by your own offensive line all game long, you're just going to have no chance. And he almost was able to overcome that anyway. It, he, he finished with, with two touchdowns, 350 yards, and, and no turnovers, and a, a, a drive very, very similar to the one Carr and the Raiders had last night to get them into field goal range as time expired but couldn't, couldn't pull it out in overtime. Dalvin Cook fumbled. 
I guess he fumbled. I, I still think he was down. But either way, you can't depend on a, on a ref's call in overtime to win you that game. That's one you got to just take in regulation. But uh, I still was – it's not like a, a completely disappointing loss because I think the Bengals are – they're not a great team, but they're they're a competitive one, and they're gonna I think be in a lot of games with with the weapons they have on offense. So I'm not I'm not too disappointed. They got to clean up the sloppiness, but uh, I think the the Vikings have a really tough stretch coming up. I think they'll be competitive in all the games, but the Vikings very well could be looking at a one and three start because they play Arizona, Seattle, Cleveland for the next three, even zero and four is on the table. Um, twelve penalties for one hundred sixteen yards for the Vikings. I expect them to clean that up. That's not something. I mean, they're. I mean, Ben, you can speak for this, but the Vikings usually aren't the like undisciplined roster. Yeah, Zimmer usually has them. With Zimmer being like the hard nosed coach he is, they usually are no nowhere near where they were on on Sunday. I expect them to clean that up. Uh, the Bengals. I mean, I think they're going to be at their best when they're dangerous through the run and obviously through the air. Yes. Joe Burrow had. I'm sorry, Joe Mixon, so many Joes, had 33 total touches. He had like 150 all-purpose yards. Um, big comeback game for Joe Mixon. Um, I was very pleased to see him get involved a lot in that offense. And Burrow looked sharp coming back from injury. He was – I mean, he did have a lot of open receivers. He was dotting guys up. And – Jamar Chase answered our questions quickly. He had that long 50-yard touchdown and uh, 101 yards for him in his first NFL game. So that's a very, very good sign for Bengals fans. Um, my one issue with them still is just the offensive line. I know they picked Chase over uh, Penny Sewell. They got to – I mean, Burrow's going to get hit. He's going to keep getting hit, and we just have to hope that he stays healthy. Uh, I, I – you guys pretty much said everything there is in this game. I'm just going to pose a couple questions. Ben said that there's a chance the Vikings can start off 1-3, 0-4. If you think the Vikings get off to an 0-4 start, do you think Zimmer gets canned? If the Vikings can rip off, let's say, three wins before the bye, which is very doable, um, they have five games before then, Arizona, Seattle, Cleveland, if they can win one of those and then get wins against Detroit and Carolina, I'd still feel good about them heading three and three into that break. Um, Because then, I mean, there are a lot of winnable games on the stretch. You still get to play Detroit, Chicago twice. Um, I mean, Dallas is beatable. There's some tough games. But if the Vikings are really like a playoff team and they, they have a playoff caliber roster, then they will win some of those games and they will get in. So I'm not too worried. I don't think it's time to press the panic button. Uh, I think the Vikings roster, like I mentioned, and their coaching staff, I think they're they're very capable of making a quick turnaround. Yeah, I'm not really going to press the panic button yet either. I don't think – I think Zimmer makes it through this season regardless and into the future. I I don't – I'm not as – have him on the hot seat as some other people do. It's a really new defense coming together, too, and they didn't have Anthony Barr or their first-round pick, left tackle Christian Derrissaw. Neither of those two guys played on Sunday, and those address two real problems. Obviously, an athletic linebacker like Anthony Barr on defense does a lot for you, especially in the run game, which they had 
they had zero run defense against Joe Mixon. And then on offense, those those penalties and holding calls get cleaned up when you have a first round, one of the best left tackles in the draft, and Christian Derrissaw on, on that side as well. So I think those problems get fixed. If you're looking at those next couple of games, the hard ones that Colin brought up, two out of three are at home. So and and I, I I like their chances to compete in all of them. Seattle, they usually play close, and this is a better roster than 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 in some of those previous years where they played them close. And then Cleveland, I think they can compete with them too because Cleveland's a very similar type style of team. It's run and play action, so. They may not win a lot of those, but I think they'll be competitive in all. And them being at home gives you a chance to pull those games out. And then, so if they can get through those, no matter what happens, I don't think Zimmer gets fired. But either way, if they can get through those and just keep their head above water going into that bye, because they're going to need it. Because right after the bye, there's a tough stretch. And then, like Colin said, it it eases up a little bit near the end. But no, I don't. I'm not hitting the panic button. I don't think Mike Zimmer gets fired. Uh and I think I'm going to pretty much um, – I'm going to bring this up multiple times throughout the season. Do you think the Bengals are better off with Chase, or do you think they should have took Penny Sewell? I don't know. I, I, mean, I think – sorry. I, was, I think it's way too early to call. So, like you said, bring it up multiple times throughout the season. Right now, I'm going to go Chase because – because I think that Jamar Chase adds an extra weapon to their to their uh, like stretch the field offense because they moved the ball last year, but they weren't necessarily stretching the field. Uh, Jamar Chase is a much better deep ball receiver than I believe T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are. So I think in terms of being able to score fast, I think it helps them a lot. Burrow, even though he was getting hit, looked fine on Sunday. So so far, it's it's Chase, but. If, if he starts getting hurt and comes up limp and stuff like that, then my answer changes. But it's too early, I think. Yeah, Burrow is tough. He can take hits. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, I do like this chase pick. I'm just going to be bold and say uh, Penny Sewell. I, I know he didn't have the greatest game for the Lions, but I think he was playing. He's used to playing left tackle. I think for the Lions, they play right tackle. So I think he – I think he struggled just a little bit, uh, but I mean, it's the 49ers that they played against. Um, actually, no, we're actually going to go right to that game, 49ers Lions. Um, this was a very interesting game um, because, you know, uh, we saw a little bit of Garoppolo, saw a little bit of Trey Lance, and then I think if I got the number correct, the 49ers were up 41-17 with two minutes left in the game. And they ended up only hanging on by a score. So what's what's your guys' takeaways? Classic Lions, even though Stafford's gone, Goff's in. Uh, it looks like this might end up being a decent situation for Goff. Um, I don't think he – I mean, they made a Super Bowl with him, but I, I still don't think he's like, you know, a Super Bowl quarterback, similar to a situation Garoppolo was in. But now he gets to put up um, – he gets to have a lot of uh, what's it called garbage time stats here in Detroit. Uh, Hawkinson looked really good. Swift looked good, and they found a way to get Jamal Williams incorporated into that offense a lot too. So it could be a it could be a high scoring fun season for Detroit, but ultimately, I think they're going to lose a lot of games like this in the end. I do too. Yeah, I talked about it last week when we did our preview. It's hard to find a lot of wins on this Detroit schedule. They kept it much closer than I. Th- I mean, I shouldn't say that because it all came in the last couple of minutes. 
I liked what I saw from Goff mostly. He made a horrible read on the pick six. Just did not see, did, did not see the, the, the safety or linebacker. I can't remember who it was that made the interception return. But either way, just didn't see him. So outside of that, though, utilize TJ Hawkinson, Quintus Cephas down the stretch. But I'll talk about 49ers as well. Debo Samuel was absolutely fantastic. And, and even after Mostert went down, they still had a run game, which I like to see. We talked about earlier, they're probably going to keep rotating backs, which, which will be interesting. And it's, it's not surprising because they've done that the, Cole, the, whole, the whole Kyle Shanahan era. But maybe this Elijah Mitchell kid steps up and, and has a predominant role in that offense, which would be great to see as well. So I, I, I think as this team continues to, to get more work, Brandon Ayuk is healthy. They establish more of the run game. I'm, I'm excited to see where, how, how good of a team San Francisco is because we know there's still plenty of pieces there from that Super Bowl team. I just think this Lions team is going to be really fun. Uh, I mean, they have guys. They have guys. I think Danny Amendola is going to be a, a sneakily really good pick for them. Uh, Goff kind of likes his um, receivers that go – that are good with the crossers. Danny Amendola is a veteran. And uh, I think I think he's going to get some targets. What's with that face, Colin? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think he's on the Lions anymore. He's not on the Lions. Who, then, who, who was he thrown to? He looks very similar to Danny L. Danny M. Oh. Oh, um, Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. No, no, Chris Hogan's on the Saints. Or no. Who oh, yes. Of? Chris Hogan is on the Saints. He caught a touchdown. Was it – um? I don't know who you saw that was looking like him. TJ Hawkinson's the only white guy I saw out there catching passes. Hmm. But, I mean, they were – they threw to that Khalif Raymond guy a few times. Um, St. Brown, I think he's a rookie at a USC. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I might be thinking of a different game. Hmm. Interesting. You could be thinking yeah. of James uh, Winston going to Chris Hogan. I, I could have been. Uh, yeah, uh, I take that back. Um, next game, next game. Uh, let's forget about that. Um, Cardinals and Titans. Uh, our boy Hayden in our fantasy football league went to the game and was, I think, depressed is the best way to put it after this game. Titans, um, did not look well. Um, shocking to some, but not to all. Um, I think the Julio pickup. It's going to be in question throughout the year. Should they have picked up another receiver like they did in Julio, or should they have tried to bolster the defense because Arizona was in control of this game all day long? Hayden, I'm sorry you had to witness this in person, this absolute demolition. Chandler Jones is doing whatever he wanted. I haven't seen a defensive performance like that by one player in that dominating fashion in a while. Um, he's incredible. Early case for Depoy. And Kyler Murray was doing whatever he wanted. He had five total touchdowns. Um, his connection with Hopkins still looks fantastic. And they have even more weapons than they did last year with uh, Rondell Moore and A.J. Green. Oh, yeah. Kyler right now is the, the and it's week one, but he's the week one MVP candidate. He was amazing. He was, I mean, the pass to touch to Christian Kirk was absolutely beautiful. I, like I said earlier with Derrick Henry, he, really gets out of the game plan when the Titans get behind because it doesn't offer any value in the passing game like a lot of the other running backs we see across the league. So they got to get that figured out. The defense still kind of sucks, and that's all I have to say. Yeah, uh, not much. Uh, 
I really like Ben mentioned, I really like that pass to Christian Kirk. Um, but my, I, I kind of hinted at the beginning. Uh, my opinion is that I do like Derrick Henry. I do think Derrick Henry is one of, if not the best running backs in all of football. But I think Derrick Henry is very overrated when it comes to running the ball in the red zone. He, I know last year he didn't get a lot of red zone touchdowns, which was surprising. Like all of his touchdowns were mostly on those like big explosive runs where he gets the secondary and he's just beating up on those safeties and corners. Um, but yeah, he struggled a lot in the red zone, didn't get much going. And uh, I think, yeah, Tannehill ended up having that one rushing touchdown, I'm pretty sure. So uh, I, I think that's important for Derrick Henry fantasy football uh, owners. Just throwing that out there. Um, Seahawks, Colts, uh, early season Russ, let Russ cook. Seahawks impressed all around. Russ was cooking. Um, their defense is building on a strong finish to the 21 season, 2020 season. That's what I said. Uh, they yeah. held the Colts to 16 points. Tyler Lockett had a couple of very impressive catches. Uh, Russ was diming everyone up. Carson Wentz wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. Uh, they He did lose a fumble. Of course, he had to have a turnover. It was only yeah. right. Um, and Seahawks won the line of scrimmage. The Colts have a very good young offensive line. The Seahawks, I think, they played better on the line of scrimmage than the Colts did. And no Colts receivers um, really impressed in this game. And that's a big question mark I have for them going forward. Who is the number one receiver? Um, it almost looked like it was Zach Pascal in this game, <laughs> which I hope doesn't continue. But Michael Pittman should have a nice season. He was kind of quiet. Paris Campbell was kind of quiet. And it was a lot of dump offs to those running backs. I think Indy needs to, I know it's tough because they fell behind early. So it kind of changed things, but they really need to establish more of a running game. I think Jonathan Taylor only had 60 some odd yards. So I think they're going to have to get him more involved in each and every game because with the, the skill, the receiving core they have, I don't trust Carson Wentz and those guys to drive them up and down the field I don't think this is a team that is built to win in shootouts. I think they're a team that's built to win like a 21-17 football game, at least with the skill positions they currently have on offense. So my expectations have slightly dampered, but it's also only one week, and it's also playing the worst time you want to play Seattle, and that's when Russ is cooking early in the year. So Seattle, I if Seattle plays like they did on Sunday against a really good defense, Seattle is every bit as, as good as the other teams in that NFC West. Yeah, these are two teams that I think it's funny that they match up in week one because I have them doing like a complete uh, – I think I have these teams completely opposite from each other. The Colts have a really tough September, and I don't have the Colts winning a game in September. I have them starting off 0-4. And the Seahawks, I have them – I think I have them starting off like 3-1, and 4-0 in September. But – um. I eventually have the Colts winning the NFC South, and I don't have the Seahawks make the playoffs. So I think these, this, is a, this was a very interesting matchup. That's the only note I have on it. Um, next game, Chargers and Washington. Our boy Taylor Heineke got in the game. Um, always good to see. I think he's now starting at football. So uh, we got we to gotta do something for that game. It's the Taylor Heineke game. 
Um, and then, you know, Chargers team, I was very high on, um, looked well. I hate to see Fitzmagic go down, but I love watching Taylor Heineke play. And oh, we yeah. putting him on this podcast after his uh, outstanding playoff performance against the Super Bowl champions. He's a fighter, man, and I think he's going to be solid for them. I think he's going to be good enough to keep them afloat. Uh, their quarterback situation is obviously going to limit them this year. But let's focus on the Chargers because they looked really good. Um, they did have two costly turnovers, but they were extremely efficient on third down in this one. They were 14 for 19 on third downs. Um, at the end of that game, every time they needed a big play, Herbert came through. A lot of a, a lot of them to Keenan Allen. Uh, you're right. Your boy Williams also looked good, and so did Guyton. Jared yeah. Cook might be a nice pickup at tight end. I think Herbert showed maturity and poise. Uh, and yeah, Washington just couldn't get the stops in the most important situations. Herbert really impressed me, especially after the. It's hard to impress a whole lot more after how good he was his rookie year. But against a defense that a lot of us expect to be really, really good in Washington, it that it seemed like there was no struggles whatsoever. And he could have had an even better day. He was hampered by some drops and some big situations. I vividly remember a Keenan Allen one on a third down where I believe they ended up kicking yep. a field goal because of it. There were other ones throughout the day as well. So the 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 fact that if you, if you just look at the, like the fantasy numbers for Herbert of this game, it nowhere near tails the full story because he was driving them up and down the field on a good defense. So it's really only going to go up from here for for him and the rest of that Chargers offense. Um, I think it'll be a bigger test for the Chargers defense going forward against because we don't. I don't think any of us necessarily have Washington is very much of a high powered offense, even though it's improved. So I think there's still going to be more of a test for the Chargers offenses or the Chargers defense against good offenses in the future. But I liked what I saw out of them. I still think Washington has a good chance to compete in the NFC East, a, a division that all of us think won't have a lot of wins. But Taylor Heine is going to have to step up. He's going to have to limit turnovers and use his running backs and use Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. Those those weapons aren't – he doesn't necessarily have a great wide receiver too until Curtis Samuel comes back. So he's going to have to use McLaurin and Logan Thomas down the field and then a lot of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it. Uh, my only thing is that the Chargers, I think I picked them to win 12 games. So that pick looks really good right now. And it looks even better if you add the fact that they didn't really use Austin Eckler that much I think down the stretch. But I also think this is a theme um, that we saw throughout the entire NFL was that teams weren't using their kind of number one running back as much. And that may ju just be because uh, the season's, you know, one game longer. And they may want to, you know, kind of like keep their running backs fresh throughout the whole year, maybe not overwork them this early in the season. That's why you saw a lot of guys not get as many carries, not get as many, you know, total touches. That's my theory on it. I don't know. What you guys I, think about? I would have liked play. to see Eckler a little bit more involved in the passing game aspect, but that's yeah. that's a whole lot of that's really the other thing I have about this game. Yeah. Um. Let's move into the next. Uh, I think we're gonna go really quick through these next two team, uh, two two games. Excuse me. Uh, Jets Panthers. Uh, real quick, give me your guys' thoughts. Sam barely watched this game. Yeah, they really didn't watch much. 
All I really saw was the Robbie Anderson touchdown. Um, Sam Darnold revenge. Robbie Anderson revenge. Zach Wilson looked – I mean, Zach Wilson didn't look bad, right? It's not I like he has a ton to work with, and now he's down an offensive lineman. So, it's, it's just yeah. going to be a season of progress for him. But like I said, I didn't see a whole lot. I know he used Corey Davis, which a couple of us are, are high on Corey Davis. But Yeah, Corey Davis will be huge for him. I'm really glad that they brought him along to help Zach Wilson. And uh, they still – their run game is not going to be good this year at all. Uh, and McCaffrey is all the way back. He had yes. 98 rushing, 89 receiving. It's about what we're used to seeing from him. I think the Panthers can be a sneaky team this year. I really do. But I think the way Sam Darnold played against the Jets, and you can pretty much just say it throughout Sam Darnold's career, it was good, not great. And if the Panthers are going to be a team that compete for a playoff spot, Sam Darnold needs to make that step forward and become, you know, not an elite quarterback, but at least like average quarterback. Because I'd say right now he's probably a below average. Average, and I don't think that's you know uh, a big hot take. Um, no, next game, Jags Texans. Not much to talk about, but give me your thoughts. Uh, I don't think Urban... great. Oh, sorry, I was. No, you're you're. I'll, well, I'll cover crazy. Texans real quick, and then I'll let you get to Jaguars. Tyrod Taylor looks great. I hope he plays the whole season as a starter. There, the three running back rotation was interesting. I both. I know Mark Ingram scored a rushing touchdown. I believe David Johnson has a touchdown as well. And then Philip Lindsay's in the fold. Brandon Cooks, I think if he plays, is also going to have a really nice year. Obviously, Texans are going to play a lot tougher defenses than Jacksonville from now on. But just, just if, 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 those, if those weapons stay healthy on offense, they at least can probably score. They're just going to give up a ton. Because even with Trevor Lawrence throwing three picks, you also had three touchdowns. But I'll let you get to Jacksonville. Well, I thought Mark Ingram getting 26 touches with a, was a typo. That shot. <laughs> and, I mean, Trevor Lawrence's first career game, uh, he's never lost a regular season game up until Sunday in his and just football career, high school and college. So he's a winner, and he threw three interceptions. He will be fine. No one's panicking about this for obvious reasons. And I really don't think Urban Meyer, I mean, he just might not be in it. I don't, I don't know how he's going to handle all this losing and if he's going to last even more than this year. Yeah, uh, my hot take was that, uh, I mean, it's not even hot take. It, it already looks like Urban doesn't want to be there. And I think Urban has already put his eyes on the USC job. Yes. I mean, how could you not at least consider it at this point? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the bye week he packs up his stuff and drives from Jacksonville to USC. <laughs> um, all right. That does it for the noon games. Finally. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of NFL games. Think about it. But we're almost done. Browns Chiefs, uh, probably the best game on Sunday, honestly. Uh Browns got off to a really good start. They were up early, and then all of a sudden, you know, the Chiefs battle their way their back, battle their way back. Nothing new, and uh, yeah, Chiefs won thirty three twenty nine. Cleveland looked really good. 
And I'm even more confident now in my pick for them to win the division. Uh, I mean, Baker looked fine. Uh, their run game was effective. It was just a couple of those stupid, costly turnovers at the end of the game. There's a Nick Chubb fumble, and then there's the punter, you know, like muffin yeah. snap or whatever, and just running it like he thought he could make something out of that. That was funny to watch. It's always funny watching punters just panic. Uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't have Odell. Oh, I think he will make an impact for them. Maybe not a huge impact, but an impact nonetheless. And the Browns did play pretty well at, at Arrowhead. Um, and then, obviously, there was just the Mahomes. They're down a score. Just find Tyreek somewhere down there. And, of course, he pretty comes much. up. I mean, it was a tough draw for Cleveland. Patrick Mahomes had still never lost a game in September, which is insane to think about considering this is year four for him. It's like the Patriots. It's like a couple years ago with Brady, how you just couldn't play the Patriots in December. I mean, you don't really want to play the Chiefs at any time, but you especially don't want to play them in September. But Mahomes was fantastic. I, I think the Chiefs will get more involved with the run game as the season goes on. They were just down for, for most of the game, so they, they weren't really balanced. But – that's the luxury of that team. They could tell you they're passing every single play and someone's still going to get open. So that team, like same with the Buccaneers. I, I think the Chiefs, when we went through our whole bracket, I have the Chiefs winning the whole entire thing. I think the Chiefs right now look far and away like the best team in the AFC. And they're just going to roll through most of their schedule again because this is one of their better matchups. I think I think they beat the Ravens in week two by by two scores, especially with with Baltimore missing some people. So... I, I, uh, I'm very confident in the Chiefs. Agreed. Yep. I mean, you pretty much said it. Uh, don't play the Chiefs in September, and that's, that's all you can do. I mean, when you have potentially quarterback one in fantasy, wide receiver one in fantasy, and tight end one in fantasy, it's, there's, there's not much you can do. I was um, scared for Kelsey because he shaved the beard, but he's still just as effective. Yes. Yes. Agreed. We're big, we're big beer guides on this podcast, even though one person can grow them. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'll get there eventually. Yeah. He's um. Next year. Huh? He's sorry. He's since freshman year. I think it, before then it's Eighth, been like, seventh grade. <laughs> probably. Anyway, um, Dolphins, Patriots, uh, the Battle of Bama quarterbacks, um. I mean, not much. The Damian Harris fumble really sold the Patriots in this game. Um, but I think both quarterbacks were just kind of good, not great. Nothing too, nothing too flashy from this game. I thought both quarterbacks looked pretty well in this game, especially because both teams have good to all right defenses. It wasn't. It, I don't think it was ever going to be a shootout in in between this two, especially against two coaches that know each other really well in Flores yeah. and Belichick. So. It's really about what I expected. Mac Jones managed the game very well, which is exactly what I thought. He used Nelson Aguilar, he used John Smith, he used his running back. So that's really it's exactly what I was expecting. And he didn't he didn't have a turnover. So, I mean, he had the the thing where he threw it behind to his own running back, and that was just a disaster. But outside of that, it was a really really well played game. Tua looked good as well. Uh, Devonta Parker, Moss, J.C. Jackson, and I don't think Tua could have put that ball in any better spot 
So uh, Tua looked, looked decent. Like I said, also with Mac, the same way they did with Mac Jones, they didn't ask Tua to do much either. So he he used Jalen Waddle. Now he's getting Will Fuller back. And I think this Dolphins team, I don't remember exactly if I had them grabbing a wild card or just missing, but they're certainly a contender. Oh, yeah. Um, two, ver- oh. two very solid defenses in this game. Mac Jones, good debut. Um, I think we had some criticism over him when he got drafted on draft night. Uh, I think the Patriots is a very good landing spot for him. And Damien Harris looks like he could be – he could get a lot of touches this year. I know Belichick is one to um, – put a guy in street clothes a week after he fumbles, but I think he's really, I think, I think he could be a very nice fantasy guy for you. Maybe a good RB too. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. That's for sure. Um, But yeah, I think, I think Mac Jones, his case, I think Damian Harris, James White are going to be very crucial for him. Um, you know, going from Bama where you have the best offensive linemen and the best skill position players in the nation to the Patriots. You lost, and we lost Donovan. The Wi-Fi strikes you, and it's becoming a weekly thing. We're already – no one's going to even hear the first time it, go, it lagged because I'm just going to cut it out. But there's, there's no getting on this one. He's, uh, he's still frozen. It's just same. No it is really funny seeing. seeing his face frozen there at the top. Yeah. Um, I, well, basically, the whole <laughs> Mac Jones thing, I think Mac Jones is only going to get better as the season goes on. And that's a, oh. that's a good thing considering hello. Oh, God. Okay, Please stop back. screaming hello into your mic. Yeah, you're, you're no one, no one told me. No one told me they could hear me. I'm back. <laughs> and am, I, am I good? I'm good. You're all good. Okay. For now. All right. Uh, yeah, Mac Jones, like Colin mentioned, we were kind of busting on the pick at draft day. I think I went on said Mac Jones is going to be the perfect first-round career backup. Um, he looks – I mean, he looks like a legit starter now. Give him a couple of years. This could be a, a Pro Bowl guy, and he's picked what? He's like the fifth quarterback off the board. I think it was a good pick for New England. Um, I think the surprise game of the week is next, Saints-Packers. I, mean, I, had, I think we thought it was going to be a close game, especially if the Saints were going to win. We thought it would be a close game, but it wasn't. I had Packers in this one. I actually thought the Packers would win this one by maybe 10 points, and Rodgers just looked horrible. There was multiple times where he kind of said, screw this, and just chucked it up, and it didn't get caught any of those times. I that being said, I fully expect Rodgers to go out though for 400 yards and five touchdowns on Monday against Detroit. But they looked horrible. Aaron Jones made zero impact. He didn't get a lot of opportunities, but he made no impact. Jameis was fantastic. He he when when no one was open, he would tuck it and either get out of the pocket or run. He threw a beautiful deep ball, even though the game was already over, to Deontay Harris. He put it right on him. That was awesome. The the tight end is Jawan Johnson, right, Colin? Yeah. Like yes, he was great as well. So, and and Kamara didn't even have like he was Kamara was good. He he did, but didn't have like a fantastic game, and they still rolled. So this is probably a team that me and a lot of other people were sleeping on. Obviously, it's just one week, and we very well could see Jameis come out on on next week and throw four interceptions. But I liked what I saw from him. I'm and I'm we're all rooting for him. So I'm really hoping that it's it's a much improved Jameis Winston. 
Yeah, I mean, I I love that first game after the LASIK eye surgery, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. It's it's storybook for Jameis. We're all rooting for Jameis. I'm this close to buying a Jameis Winston jersey. And oh ultra side, the Saints looked really good. Um, first game post Breeze era. And I mentioned before that I would not be surprised at all to see this team get in as a wild card. And they certainly looked the part um, on Sunday. Camaro was effective as usual. And you're right, Rodgers uh, just looked like he didn't care. Um, and I think I saw, I think it was, it was your cowherd or someone on first take said it that Aaron Rodgers could have spiked the ball on every play and had a better passer rating than what he had. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not loving my Packers NFC pick at the moment. Yeah, neither am I. However, uh, last year, week one, I think it was week one last year, um, the Saints played a game where they beat a team 38-3. to That was the Bucs. That was the Bucs about halfway through and the season. They beat the Bucs. Okay. They beat the Bucks last year in week one, but it wasn't the blowout. But either way, the Bucs lost last year to open the year. So maybe yeah, well, not be too worried about the Packers yet. I'm not. I, I, I think it's definitely time for week one overreactions, but not um, in the sense that, oh, my God, Packers are going to suck now. But Rodgers keeps playing like that. He probably should have just taken the Jeopardy job. I hope he gets it anyways. I, I do too. I secretly do. I think it'd be hilarious. He is perfect for it. Yep. Um, Broncos and Giants. Once again, uh, not much. I even think if this was the only game on, not a lot of people would watch it. But I mean, Bridgewater played good. Broncos like, look really Teddy, good. Teddy played it fantastic. I talked about multiple times how I like the Broncos as the second best team in that division because they just need Teddy Bridgewater to be average. But Teddy was stretching the field a lot more than I expected. I was expecting the normal crossers underneath stuff, but he was he's definitely pushing a little bit more, especially to Judy before he went out with the injury. So I liked what I saw there. They were using both tight ends, Noah Fan, Albert O. Corin Sun didn't do a whole lot, but uh they Melvin Gordon had a fantastic game. So I know it's and it's against a Giants defense that isn't amazing, but I think a lot of us thought was not bad whatsoever. And it seemed like if not for a couple of turnovers near the, the red zone, the Broncos are driving all day up and down the field on them. So, and then Daniel Jones, who everyone I think knows that I'm low on, had another piss poor game, turned the ball over multiple times, fumbled. That New York's not going anywhere with him as QB. I, I have utmost confidence that they will not have – they may make a playoff appearance because of that horrible division, but they won't win a playoff game with Daniel Jones at quarterback unless he just absolutely takes a 180. Yeah, we had another Daniel Agreed. Jones fumble, of course. Love it. The Giants are not allowed to complete a game unless Daniel Let me – let me, let, I'm going to cut you off there for a second, Colin. With Jameis Winston getting LASIK, is Daniel Jones the new Jameis? Jameis yes. is much more talented before LASIK surgery than Daniel Jones is. But in terms of just turnovers and like stupid turnovers, I'm yeah, I I could see it. Because I think the torch went from Fitzpatrick to Jameis, and then now the torch, especially with getting LASIK, the torch may have been passed on to Daniel Jones. Well, I think I think 
last year was Wentz because Jameis didn't really get the play. I think they passed it. To yeah, Wentz. that's fair. And you could yeah, say I, you could you could say it went to Wentz. You could say it went to Drew Locke, maybe. Yeah, I think it's with Daniel Jones this year. I think he's going to be a turnover machine, and that's the only reason I didn't pick the Giants to win that division. Uh, Teddy looked – you're right, Teddy looked really good, and I love that they found ways to get Noah Fant involved. It's a shame Jerry Judy is now on the IR. Um, I hope he makes a good recovery because he also looked very good. Yeah, agreed. Um, My Giants pick to win the division is not great. At all. <laughs> give it time. Um, I will give it time. It Anything is early. Happen in the NFC beast. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, I think we can move into Sunday night football and then Monday night football. So Sunday night football, uh, very interesting game. The Rams got off to a very hot start. But the Bears, I mean, they were just kind of hanging in there the whole game. It, Never really got to the point of, oh, wow, this is a blowout, even though the score, what was it, 34-14 kind of says otherwise. But it just – I watched the whole game, and it just kind of felt like the Bears were just kind of always in it. Am I wrong? I mean, for a little bit, yeah. The Rams kind of just pulled away at the end. Matt Stafford, I feel like, could have thrown a deep ball on every play and someone would have been open every play. The Bears secondary, especially after letting Kyle Fuller go, I think is going to be pretty bad this year. Uh, I saw a lot of people that are like, the Bears just have a good offensive season. They could make it in because they still got that defense. They really don't have – It's not the same defense. Khalil Mack is still amazing. Roquan Smith is probably underrated, and he's really good. But I don't like that secondary whatsoever. Eddie Jackson had an atrocious game last night, his first game, donning the new number. So maybe that's the problem but he stunk the bears. I, I just, they were in it, but I never really had faith that they were going to be able to get enough stops and then go down and score to, to really, to really give themselves a chance. Jalen Ramsey was, was really good all over the place. And uh, the, yeah, just the Rams are, are legit. And I don't think I really thought they weren't, but now I just think they even more are, even though it was just the bears either way. Yes. Yeah. That was having a lot of fun out there. And it's good to see they're in for a big season. That defense is still very legit. And Chicago's defense is way too talented to look that bad. I don't think Andy Dalton was terrible. Uh, Dave Montgomery looked really good. And I think my predictions, I think I had the Bears at six wins and the Rams at 11. And I think I'm sticking with both of those. Cooper Cup. Uh, with Matt Stafford, that connection looked fantastic. Uh, the deep ball was uh, active, and McVay was having a lot of fun with it early on. So, yeah, the Rams are going to be a very good team. Very fun to watch, and I hope we get to see more. What are you doing, Donovan? That's not me. I hear it, too. Is, am, I, am I having issues over here? Someone's Sounds like someone's going blowing insane. in the mic. Yeah, uh, that's that's not good. Um, I apologize to our uh, viewers there. We don't I think have that was viewers for a podcast. I, I don't Listeners. know. What happened. Damn it! Look, look, the connect, the Wi-Fi here. It it could be better. We're all Ben's living in the frat house. Me and DP are in apartments over here. Whatever. I don't even know what you're in. I'm in an apartment. 
our Wi-Fi goes out like every 10 minutes. So it's, yep. it's a struggle. We're trying, we're, we're working our way through. This is just normal podcasting uh, issues, delays, whatever they may be. Um, but did, they, did you, were you done with your point about the Rams? Yeah, let's get into game of the week. All right. It was truly the game of the week, Monday night football. Colin, I'm going to let you start. I'm sure you're going to gloat. No, no, there's there's no gloating to be done. This game, I mean, I expected the Raiders to win this game, so I'm not going to freak out over it. Um, there's a lot to unpack in this one. One thing I want to point out before this, I love how LeBron is, like, live-tweeting every game. I don't know if you guys saw that. I but didn't, know. LeBron was on his ass watching football all weekend, and he was live-tweeting everything that was happening. It was, like, the first time he watched football, it seemed like. And he was having a lot of fun with it. Uh, he gave the Raiders a couple shout-outs, which is a great collab. I loved seeing that. Uh, Carr and Gruden, they were very shaky to open up this game. Not how, not how I expected it to go. But they were huge when it mattered most. Um, Derek Carr has the clutch gene. He's got the Mamba mentality. Donovan is hacking right now. I'm sorry. I, this cold has been kicking my ass the last <laughs> week. Holy cow. It's the transition to fall. Uh, Darren Waller looked just as dominant as he did at the end of last season, which is you love to see it. He had 19 targets in this one. Most no. player this week. It was 21. They, I think they changed it because I saw it this morning. I saw 21 targets to Darren Waller. They changed it? Did they? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was changed. I, I, I saw 21. <laughs> I saw 21. Maybe they credited a couple, like, throwaway passes to him. That's I hope hard. so. Speaking of throwaway know. passes, I thought that car passed to Brian Edwards at the first drive for them. And I thought he was throwing that away. And then when he came down with I the ball too. and almost scored, I was shocked. It was a super athletic play. But when you see car rolling out like that and way through it, when it came out of his hand, I thought it was just literally just throwing it away. And I was the first thing I thought of when he caught, I was like, was he in bounds the whole way? But uh, was was not even really close. He was he was clearly in bounds. Made a great play. But once once you get everyone on the field and everyone celebrating, you just always think like there's there's this just has to go bad. I know. Yeah. I I thought it the whole way through. I'm like, why is the media on the field? Why are they shaking hands? Like I just I had a strong feeling. Gruden was Gruden was the only one who stayed on the sidelines. Yeah. yeah. Gruden knew. Gruden's been, Gruden's been through this probably before. He's been coaching a long time. He knows better than to celebrate early. Uh, that really sucked. I don't even want to get into that whole – and then the turnover at the goal line, whatever, whatnot. Uh, the Ravens – I mean, Lamar made plays. He looked like Lamar, and sometimes he does shit that you just can't do anything about. He'll run for 20 yards on the third down. It's like, okay, that's just Lamar. And you can't get too upset over it. He had a nice deep ball to Sammy Watkins at one point where he got switched on to Kwiatkowski. Um, he found a way to get Hollywood Brown involved, which is huge for that offense. They need to keep doing Week one, that. Hollywood Brown is inevitable. Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins. Yeah. And, I mean, the Raiders finally got some pass rush. Finally. So it's been since 2017 where they got consistent pass rush. I hope this is the year that it happens. Um, Max Crosby and the Gawkway, that's a legit force. 
And the secondary didn't look bad. Casey Hayward looks to be a very nice pickup for the Raiders' defense. Um, they held else? Mark Andrews in check a lot more than I thought they would have. They did. Tight I would have. I would have had two touchdowns on Mark Andrews last night. Yeah. Uh, Edwards and Rugs were quiet, but they were huge in the fourth quarter in overtime. Carr was very clutch, and Lamar has to take care of the football because. I mean, he fumbled three times, two of them lost for turnovers. Yep. All in all, I think this Ravens team is going to stumble out the gate. I think they lose next week, but I think they do. I still think they're a really good team overall, especially if they – obviously they're not getting their running backs back, but if they can get healthy on other positions, I still like them overall. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to be a really interesting team this year strictly on the fact that they don't have uh, any running backs that are like, it, it's weird because they have their starting running backs that are on a practice squad and they signed a bunch of guys that don't know the playbook yet and probably won't know it for at least a couple of weeks. So we probably won't see at least an effective version of Le'Veon, Latavius, Devontae Freeman for probably to like week four or five, somewhere around there. So I think I think Ben's right. I think they are going to stumble out of the gate a bit, but I think with that you're going to see you're just going to see more Lamar, and I don't know if that's necessarily good or a bad thing because, as we know, Lamar Lamar is a very tough quarterback to compare to other quarterbacks because Lamar is so good at you know getting away from pressure and you know being able to get out of the pocket, make a play, whether that's with him throwing or him, you know, rushing 25 yards downfield, he can do that easily. But if it's just him in the pocket, he's got to throw it. I I still believe Lamar is an average to below average thrower of the football. I think he did miss a couple throws last night. I was kind of in and out of the game up until the fourth quarter. Um, But I think Lamar, if he's going to be the guy that has to run the football for this team, too. I think turnovers are going to be a serious problem for this Ravens team. Yeah, I could see it. Um, you made a lot of good points there. You pretty much covered everything from that game. Um, and, yeah, the Ravens, I mean, moving forward, I still expect them to be um, a serious playoff contender as far as, like, you know, I, I think Cleveland's going to win the division. I think the Ravens and Steelers are right there fighting for second place. Um, and, yeah, I think the another takeaway I had, just football aside, the Vegas theme is I love it. I love that we that have was Vegas. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, having all the fans there, they were rowdy and they were loud. And oh, yeah. having Bruce Buffer at the beginning doing little, like the intros right before kickoff was super cool. Um, the big Al Davis torch, um, the whole just the setting, the theme, the city, it fits great. The Raiders belong there, I feel like, and I love to see it. I also saw a lot of videos of like um, big pool parties at casinos and hotels surrounding the stadium where they have big uh, TV set up. And it just seems like a super cool environment for fans. For Agreed. sure. For sure. Agreed. Um, real quick before we wrap up this episode, very good episode. Um, if we don't have a chance to record before the next football game, let's just go ahead and give out our pick. 
Um, Giants at the football team. Washington's minus three and a half. Who do you I like? I think Washington wins by a touchdown. Colin? Washington. It's Taylor Heineke starting. I haven't put any thought into this one yet. It's Washington minus three. Three and a half. Give me your gut reaction. Go. Good reaction. I think Washington's going to win this one. I think it'll. It, I think this will be a very good game. All of our primetime games have been entertaining so far, um, yeah. and yeah, I'm. I'm interested. I. I love that. I don't know, man. I. I think Taylor. Or I'm sorry, not Taylor. Terry McLaurin. Um, I love that he gets a chance to be in the spotlight. I love him. He's one of my favorite players, and I really hope he has a good game. Uh, I, I still like the Giants to win the division. I do. I still I, – I, I know it's tough, but I think it's too early in the season to change it. However, I am going to go Washington because Taylor Heineke is a fan favorite on this podcast. He may be our overall, like, number one fan on this podcast. Um, that we are a fan of. That we are a fan of. Taylor yes. Heineke yeah. has never heard of this podcast, but maybe one day. Not yet. That we – that we know of. Um, but I, I can't go against Taylor Heineke. I, I have Washington by three toadies. All right. I like a Kyle Rudolph touchdown in prime time. Ooh. For New York. I don't hate that. Also, one other stat. There were two teams in the NFL in week one that did not score a touchdown. Those were the Green Bay Packers and Atlanta Falcons. That's I would territory. be shocked if they still have not scored a touchdown by this time <laughs> next week. Who do who does Atlanta play this week? I can check. I don't know off the top of my head. They play um, the John. Oh, that doesn't make sense. No, I'm looking at week three. Atlanta. Bucks. Oh boy. Oh boy. At Bucks. At oh Bucks. boy. Yeah, they they may not. <laughs> Twelve and a half point favorites for the Bucks. That's the widest. That and then Cleveland's also 12 and a half against Houston. Yeah. Those are the two projected blowouts of the week. Yeah, interesting. But I think it's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. Remember to like, leave a comment, uh, subscribe, share with everyone uh, you know. Um, leave a five-star rating, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Peace out. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.